Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Hillary Hendershot. Hillary, are you ready to do this? I think I am, George. <laughs> well, ready or not, here, 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 we, here go. we go. Hillary is a CFP. She is the founder and CEO of Hendershot Wealth Management. She's a speaker, the host of the Profit Boss Radio podcast. She's also an Investopedia Top 100 Most Influential Advisor. I'm excited to have you on. Hillary, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. I am happily married. I have a four-year-old daughter. Uh, we live in San Jose, California, and my daughter just successfully completed her two and a half years of leukemia treatment. She is healthy and thriving, so we're we're happy about that. On the professional level, I will say I've been in this business for 20 years, uh, financial services and, and comprehensive financial advising, that is. And about a third of the way through, about six or seven years in, I found myself advising multi-million our clients in the middle of the day what to do with their investment portfolios and I would go home at night to a stack of bills that I would not open because I could not pay them. I was a massive overspender and I say this because some people assume that money problems are a math problem. I actually got an A in calculus. I used to tutor the math portion of the SAT. I'm not a math genius, but I'm no slouch. The problem wasn't math. The problem was that I was just really bad with money, right? And so make a long story short, I let the Things get really terrible in my financial life got to a point where I had to turn in a leased BMW. I got a, a foreclosed on a condo that I purchased in San Jose that I purchased for four hundred and ten thousand. By the time I, uh, by the time they foreclosed on it, it was worth in the real estate crisis only a hundred and ninety thousand dollars, and yet I had four hundred and thirty thousand dollars of debt on it because I had one of those mortgages that went up every month like mm. an insane person, and uh, I had credit card debt, I had tuition debt, the whole nine. So I. I decided things were not going to keep going that way. I just decided whatever I was gonna, I was doing, I was going to start doing the opposite. I became an expert in money psychology. I looked around me and I said, look, I have smart friends. Some of them are financially successful. Then there's me. I'm smart and I'm not. So what's the difference? It has to be our behavior. And behavior comes from psychology. And so I read what the neuropsychologists already know about how our relationship to the things, the conceptually conceptual things like time and money is all about what we believe and say about those two things. So I took those to heart. I produced a massive change in my financial life. At this point, I am definitely financially independent. I work because I want to, not because I have to. So I've put my money where my mouth is, literally, and now I'm giving those lessons away. So I offer high net worth, financial, uh, comprehensive wealth management. And then we also have a wealth coaching program that is called the Wealth Multiplier Course, where we teach entrepreneurs how to do what I did. What a story. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thank <is> you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of 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 all the stuff, um, I, I'm so happy to hear that your your daughter is hopefully coming out safely on 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 the other side. So she so, is. So God bless there. Yes, 
and I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed because that's a diagnosis that was fatal only a few decades ago. So I share that because it's one of the most impactful things that's happened in my entire life. You know, George, when you say to someone, let's have a baby, you don't think that baby might get a life-threatening diagnosis. You just don't think that. And so it was like a little bit of a reality check. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So doses of perspective. And yeah. it sounds like obviously you going through this 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 big change about having all these successful friends and, and wealth all around you, yet you were struggling and you're good at math and everything else and you recognize, okay, something's gotta stop, something's gotta change. Um and so how how long did it take you to sort of get the knowledge that you needed and get all your ducks in a row? Hmm, good question. So I started ripping off the Band-Aid pretty immediately. I had let things get a little bit worse than most people do. Most people sort of bounce around with a bunch of debt, but they don't hamstring themselves for many years. But my finances just went plummeted so quickly that um, I I actually stopped paying a, a number of debts, tuition debt, credit card debt. Those guys are really good, though. They find you a couple years <laughs> later when they know you're making money, and they're like, knock, knock, hello, we're still here. And I negotiated all of that with integrity and paid off what I agreed to pay. Uh, so in the beginning, it's definitely, for me, uh, it's a, it was definitely a tightening of the belt. I mean, obviously, when you go from overspending to underspending, uh, there's just a difference in what you can buy. I literally didn't buy a cup of coffee in a coffee shop for two years. Mm -hmm. Now I have an espresso machine in my kitchen. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, and so I just learned to follow the rules of money. That I, got, I got the debt paid off in two to three years. I rebuilt the retirement account and maybe another year because I was saving at the same time I was paying off the debt. That's what motivated me is to watch the account balances grow rather than the debt balances shrink. And it's fine to do to do both at the same time. Both impact your net worth in the same direction, right? It just goes up, so it's fine. Uh, and then we probably, my husband and I probably, well, right around the time we got married, kind of looked at each other and said, wow, we, we actually could stop working. So it was a matter of him being financially responsible and me having being new to being financially responsible yeah I would say it was about seven eight years something like that nice yeah got it so looking back you said that you sort of plummeted quickly versus some people sort of have a slow death spiral do you think <laughs> that, that 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 was better just kind of hitting rock sort of smashing through it versus <sighs> bleeding to death I don't I don't know. I, 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 I would hate to say something universal. I know sure. I look at my life and I think, gosh, I've in many cases been a person who needed to learn lessons the hard way. Like I've just had like some more repercussions in my life. Then I look around, I'm like, your life has been really gentle. And I'm glad at the age of 44 that I can say most of that happened in my 20s, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm a, a, a decade plus out of that kind of, wow, life just really has to punch me in the face for me to get it. Um, I will say, you know, I, some people come to me and they've been building up, they have high income. So they have more credit limits than I had. My credit card, uh, debt capped out at 60 K I've met people with 300, $350,000 of credit card debt. If you're going to pay that off dollar for dollar, obviously that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And sure. so I think it would be better if the credit card companies didn't give so much credit. But, mm. you know, I'm not I don't make those rules. Yeah. Yeah. We, we stopped being able to run out of money some some years ago and credit card companies are happy to continue extending that. But that's yeah. probably a conversation for another day. 
I mean, that they literally capped mine out. And when my credit cards were, were maxed out, my checking account was empty. That was the end of the line. That was it. Yeah. I had nothing left, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and it was a very stark moment. I was in line to, I was trying to get gas in my convertible BMW with the top down. And, and I had to walk home. <laughs> it's a nice. bummer. That is, that is a huge bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, something that'll ruin your day. That is it right I there. I felt really bad at the time. I, I felt bet. like the worst kind of person. I'm like a <laughs> like a drag on society. You know, I'm laughing about it now. It doesn't have a hold on me, but man, it did then. Oh, I I I I, I totally could totally believe it. <laughs> so going through this and having the practical firsthand knowledge and to be able to share that with people and say, Hey, listen, you know, you're probably you feel probably guilty and shame about this, but I was there. How do you it's one of those things it's like okay you can lead a horse to water but not make a drink how can you how have you find it how have you been able to communicate and get people to actually take the information and make positive changes well i think it starts with the vulnerability right i mean i just shared with you something that most financial professionals would never share and so by sharing with other entrepreneurs look i've been where you are and i have compassion and empathy for people who might have a slightly different problem per se, but who have also resolved that, that I I really think about 20 to 30% of people on this planet naturally attain the skill set of building wealth and achieving financial peace of mind and freedom at the same time. And then the other Eight, 70 to 80% of people just don't and we flounder and you know it causes divorce and it causes bankruptcy and it causes people to live without dignity and have no choice or a freedom or adventure in their lives and I think it's really sad and a lot of society relates to those people like they and I say they I used to be one of them so I could say we are irresponsible or short-sighted or bad people and I just I don't take that position at all all. I think that we all got coded with something, uh, some behavior belief about money when we were little and that and, until we're conscious of that belief, we just run around manifesting it and there's like nothing else we can do. I mean, I worked with a, uh, an entrepreneur in my coaching program who identified that she felt rich when checks would come in the mail. So she would put these paper checks in the mail and this is before you could uh, deposit it on your mobile, right? And she would leave these checks undeposited four months because she had the experience of being rich. She's looking at a check on her desk. And then when she would finally mail it to the bank or take it in to deposit it, you know, she felt poor. So this experience of feeling rich versus poor based on the presence of the check, it negatively impacted her actual behavior about money. And it cost her, I mean, she would bounce checks. She wouldn't make good decisions. She wouldn't save. Right. And when she was able to see that for what it was, then she was able to say, wow, this actually doesn't make any sense. And I just think we all have, have what I call money crazy. And you can hide it or you can articulate it, put it on the table and laugh at it and then do something different. And that's what's really powerful. So I make light of it and I'm just really compassionate and I just don't, I don't criticize them. That's why they come to me. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I think that that's, I think that that's really well said, and we certainly all do have some form of money crazy. I think that that's a great term. I was just, I was just thinking about, you know, when when I was a little kid growing up, like the last Sunday of the month, my mom would have you know bill pay day, and she'd have all these bills spread out on the kitchen table, and it would just be my brother and I's day to stay away from mom because it was so stressful. Yeah, I was and just I, gonna say, what a fun day. Uh, you're right, and I recognized that that uh, informed my behavior of really wanting to avoid financial matters for you know 
a lot of my 20s. So being able to recognize that, where, where our hangups are or our money crazy, you got to recognize it, and that's how you start to move forward. That's really great. And I don't know how soon you're going to uh, air this episode, but for example, what's going on with GameStop stock right now is mm. one of those examples. And you have probably millions of people trading on Robinhood who are gaining notoriety with their community of traders for doing things like buying this stock at the top, which is insane, George. That's literally insane to mm -hmm. be proud of buying a stock for twice what it's worth and twice what it ends up trading for at the end of that trading day. So they've, they've lost half their money, but they have bragging rights. I call that crazy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm literally not 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 aware of this phenomenon, and now mm, I simply mm. must must or should I just avoid it and hopefully it'll I hopefully mean, it'll go away. I just basically told you the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> none none of it surprises me. I mean, yeah. uh, so well, I think that that yeah, just to be able to be vulnerable with people and 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 to then show compassion and to help them through this. I mean, what a wonderful gift to be able to give to people. So. Tell me a little bit about some of the rules of money. You told me you learned to follow them. Oh, well, gosh, uh, uh, nothing groundbreaking. So first of all, you have to spend less than you make. Mm -hmm. I found that budgets didn't empower me. I created a system called called automation, which gets my overhead uh, expenses paid before I do anything. And then if you really want to win a game of money, the one thing you have to do is turn what everyone else does on its ear and that's save first and spend second. So most people spend and then save what's left. Mm -hmm. I just decided to save or pay off debt with. And again, that's it's fine to do either of those because you're improving your net worth either way. And I did that first. And then what was left was what I gave myself to spend. And that's how I knew that I couldn't afford coffee or expensive condiments. And I know that sounds really silly, but I talk about this a lot. I stopped buying these expensive condiments and it cut my grocery bill in half. Nice. And I never would have known that if I had let myself buy what I wanted, which is what I get to do now. Instead, I had to buy on plan. And I could look at my money and say, hmm, my grocery bill can't be this high. And that's how you identify the wants versus needs in your current spending. And you, you'll get to a place where you can have your wants. Absolutely, you should have that. Um, but if you're in a situation where you need to improve things or get on a different trajectory, you know, now might not be the time. So I would say the Rules of money include uh, getting your bills paid with a plan. Budgets can work. They just don't work for most people. So I recommend automating spending before you, you excuse me, saving before you spend, mm -hmm. and then obviously getting yourself on an investing plan so that you can enjoy compound returns. I, I, I love it. I think that the, the best advice has always been sort of time-tested and foundational and What's what's obvious to you is probably brilliant to many of the people that you talk to, um, and like you were talking about, this isn't a math problem. Uh, this is not uh, this is not an intellectual exercise. This is, you know, automate things. Make sure that you are 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 make sure that you're you're saving first and then spending second. Um, do people resist this? Well, a common money operating system, which is a term that I trademarked, or money script, it's essentially the same thing, but it's that core belief you have about money. You just said maybe yours is, you know, money is painful or money hurts, mm -hmm. right, from your Sundays with your mom. <laughs> uh, a common money operating system, especially with women, is I'm just not good at math. Mm. So, you know, what you just said is a tactic, 
But folks like this, if they have that core belief, they can't even get that far because they can't even sit down at the table. They don't give themselves enough credit to catalog the expenses and make a plan for them out of this long-standing belief that numbers just ain't they thing, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, it depends where people are starting. And if you've been listening to money podcasts for a long time and you've tried the tactics and, and if the tactics work for you, more power to you, absolutely wonderful. And if the tactics haven't worked, just like dieting recommendations, it's got to be an underlying mindset issue. And so my experience is you really can't get people to take the tactics until you've helped them really identify and look at the mindset issue as being something that's not part of them, just something that's been controlling them for a long time. I love it. Well, Hillary, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay. I think that you should sit down and catalog everything you say and believe about money. And this might take you a long time because for the most part, we don't speak out loud about money. Mostly we only talk to our par- our romantic partners about money and then it's probably painful. Most people fight about money. So if you sit down and really get honest with yourself, are you saying, I can't afford that? I can never earn more. If I'm good, the universe will provide all the money I need. Or if I'm good, daddy will provide the money that I need. What are Sunday nights are painful. What are the things you're saying about money? and you'll start to see a theme. You'll start to see that everything you believe and say about money goes together. They all reinforce each other and you'll start to see what your core money operating system is. This process can be extremely powerful. Oh, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Hillary, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah. So everything I do is available on my website at hillaryhendershot.com. That's Hillary with one L and Hendershot with two T's. I'm on Instagram at hillary.hendershot. And if you have room in your podcast lineup, you can check out Profit Boss Radio, which I've been hosting since 2016. Love it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Hillary your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to HillaryHendershot.com. Hillary with one L and Hendershot with two Ts. Find her on Instagram and check out the Profit Boss Radio podcast as well. Thanks again, Hillary. Thanks. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.